Welcome back to episode number 10, week number 10 of the NFL season. To be or not to be, are you in the playoffs? Are you out? What's happening? Week 10, couple weeks more until the playoffs. Let's get ready for some freaking football. Go over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Get a deposit match up to $100. Player props. Best ball in season. They got basketball. You can do it all on underdog. Go over to underdog today and jump in and play. PRbreaker.com. Go get some pre-workout, some post-workout, intro workout. Doesn't matter what it is. Use that promo code Cody10. Link will be in the description. Link will be in the chat. You get 10% off all month of November from PR Breaker. 10% off using Cody10 and free shipping. So that's 20% off and free shipping over $60. What more can you ask for? If you make a purchase, DM me, and you'll be entered into the December 1st giveaway on Undercovered Ops Live. December 1st, we'll be doing a wheel of names, so you'll be a giveaway from that. In the description, there will be a link to the tweet where I really explain the giveaway a little bit more. You can go on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Carpenter NFL to join and understand a little bit more from that. But we're going to start out tonight talking about the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, A-Rod's been in the news the last week. Odell Beckham's been in the news the last week. Just three weeks ago, Robert Tanyan goes down against the Arizona Cardinals. So that makes a open in this offense at tight end. Who's the tight end going to be? Is it Mercedes Lewis? Is it Dominique Daphne? Is it Josiah DeGuire? Does it really freaking matter? It might. Rodgers is going to be off for 10 days. He's going to come back on Saturday. He's not going to have any practice reps for 10 days. He's going to go in, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. And the other guy that he vouches for, if you listen to him publicly or you see him on the field, who's he vouch for outside of those two guys and Robert Tanyan? It's Mercedes Lewis. He calls him the big dog. He looks for him in the red zone. Three touchdown receptions last season with Tanyan on the field. Tanyan had double digits. Mercedes Lewis also had three touchdowns. So last week versus this week, how did the routes shake out? Last week, obviously 32 snaps, 11 for Daphne. 14 for DeGuire. Again, this week, 30 for Lewis, 22 for Daphne, 15 for DeGuire. So they don't really change very much. Lewis runs the most routes. Last week, Daphne runs the most routes. This week, obviously, this was love this week. Rodgers was last week. And then with the receptions and the targets, it goes to DeGuire, two targets, two receptions, 16 yards this week, 20 yards last week. Not a lot here. I'm probably not going to play either of these guys. Like I said last week, I'm going to stash Daphne. In a couple leagues, because of that athleticism, we like the athleticism at tight end. But if you're really looking for and you really, really need to dig deep this week, Lewis is a guy you got to be able to accept the zero, though. He's going to be at the min on DraftKings 2,500. He catches a touchdown, it pays off. It, that's just kind of the route I'm playing, but I, I really don't love anybody in this offense at tight end. I think it's going to be a big Adams week, a big Cobb week again, just because of that connection with Rodgers. We go down to the Indianapolis Colts, Thursday night football. Pittman, again, big game, five receptions, 64 yards. He misses the prop of, I think he was at 70 and a half. He missed it by six yards this last week. Uh, Zach Pascal bounces back, four for 58 on seven targets, 17 routes in the slot out of 28 total. We were like, maybe it's going to be an Ashton duel in the week. Well, he got two targets. He caught them both, 23 yards receptions. We like it. Two for 23 from Ashton Doolin on just 10 routes. 
filling into that T.Y. Hilton role a little bit, but why did he not run more routes with T.Y. Hilton out? Desmond Patman. Not Michael Strawn. Desmond Patman comes off the IR, makes his first appearance since last season. 12 routes, one slot route, one target, one reception, seven yards. Desmond Patman, big dude. Big receiver, sixth-round pick out of 2020. And then Mike Strong comes in, three snaps, no targets, no routes, nothing. What are you going to do in this offense? It's all funneling through Michael Pittman, and it's all funneling through Jonathan Taylor. That's the only guy's really the target in this offense. You're going to stash Ashton doing those super deep leagues. Pascal's going to be a guy you can play certain weeks, certain weeks not. But that's about it. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of Pascal, but if you need points, 9.8 points ain't bad. Down to New Orleans. Big news came out today. Elvin Kamara did not practice. It is ruled to be a mild sprain per Nick Underhill uh, for Elvin Kamara on his knee. So while everybody's out, you know, you can have your Jordan Howard, your Devonta Freeman. Howard looks good. But what happens every time we go to trust Jordan Howard? You trust Jordan Howard. You see he's explosive for two weeks. He looks very good. I will. I'm not going to lie. He looks really good. I go back and watch the games. Matches the box score. He looks just as good. But what happens every time we get to the point where it's like, okay, we can play Jordan Howard. Falls flat on his face. Devonta Freeman, again, looks good. He still split carries with Le'Veon Bell, and Lamar Jackson had 21 carries. I can't trust that. I can't trust that. Devonta Freeman is going to get his opportunities, but I can't trust that. Give me Mark Ingram. He's owned in 24.9% of leagues on ESPN. Five receptions last week, nine carries, and a loss to Atlanta. Ingram feels disgusting. He feels very gross, but so do the other two. So does Howard. So does Freeman. If, if we're going to go old, you might as well go to the guy in the offense that's going to use him, and he's going to work off of Kamara and get opportunities where he's fresh and not forced opportunities like Freeman or Howard where now it feels like Philadelphia, they haven't thrown the ball more than 20 times the last two games. They've been leaning on Howard, leaning on Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, and Jalen Hurts' legs. Why not go to Ingram, right? Nine for 43, five targets this last week. Kamara, 19 carries to six. He leads him last week, 13 to nine this week, four to two in targets, nine to five targets this week. Ingram, 7.2 points, 11.4 the last two weeks in New Orleans. Kamara, 16.6 down to 13.4. This is like, you guys remember. I know you do. I know you remember what Ingram looked like with Kamara 2017, 2018, essentially working as that 1B. You got to like that. It's it's going to be useful. They brought in on Johnson to work him out. Yuck, dude, get get out of here with Carryon Johnson. Why why is Carryon Johnson getting workouts in the NFL anymore? You got me. At receiver, though, Marquez Callaway, 39 routes. Traquan, 38. Trot, daddy, 35 routes. 14 in the slot for Troutman, seven targets. Again, pounding the table on Troutman. The difference between him and Pat Fryermuth right now, who we'll talk about later because, you know, baby, Fryermuth, two touchdowns. You know what it is. We've been pounding that drum for him. We're going to continue to pound the drum. For Fryermuth, his routes the last five weeks have went up 5x, 7, 14, 22, 26, 35 routes this last week. Troutman is creeping back up into that conversation. He might end up being a top 15, a top 12 tight end to end the season. And if you're really struggling, you're really dead in the water, Troutman could be a guy. I just got off doing a show with Mike Randall, the road of his mailbag that drops on Thursday morning as well. And Troutman was a big uh, talking point. Seven targets this week, four for 47. But two of those targets he did not catch were in the red zone. They were in the end zone. They could have been touchdowns. That easily could have been, instead of a four for 47, a six for 55, two touchdowns, similar to 
Pat Fryermuth. The only difference is Fryermuth is catching the ball and Trot Daddy ain't. So we hope that corrects itself and Trotman becomes more of a touchdown scorer, obviously, but it is what it is. Go to Tennessee. Jeremy McNichols, Adrian Peterson, Deontay Foreman have been the – they were the focus last week in all the waivers. How does it end up? McNichols, 24 snaps to 18 to 12, leads the way. Peterson has the most rushing attempts, 10 for Peterson, 7 for McNichols, 5 for Deontay Foreman. But Ryan Tannehill, 2 carries, 3 yards, touchdown. He's got a touchdown three of his last four games on the ground. If I had to pick one of these three guys for, I guess, with Tannehill, but you're not going to be able to pick him up. McNichols, Peterson, Foreman. If you had to pick one of these three guys, I think you'd have McNichols if you could get him for free. But at cost, I think it's going to be Foreman. Peterson, I'm not sure how I feel. I want to see it. I can't trust it. I just, I, I love Adrian Peterson more than most players, like, ever. Like, he's one of my favorite all-time to watch. As a Viking fan, there's just one thing that, like, Adrian's not a fast starter. He's had a couple games. He played the Rams back in, like, 2013 where he had a long run to start the game. That doesn't happen. It takes time and opportunity for Peterson. 8, 10, 12 carries ain't going to cut it. It's He needs the lion's share. He needs 18 to 20 carries to, to get to the point where he really takes that next level, takes that next step. And that's why he looked so inefficient last week, 10 for 21 on the ground. That's not going to cut it. Deontay Foreman comes in. He's efficient. People forget that Deontay Foreman came into the league as a highly regarded prospect. He's still 25 and a half years old. He's been in the league for four years. And that Achilles that he tore, that was four years ago. He's fully returned. He's healthy now. He looked good last year, but it just happened to be Derrick Henry running for 2,000 yards. They didn't need him, so they, they cut him loose. Why do we need you? you got Darrington Evans on a rookie contract, blah, blah, blah. Foreman's 25 and a half years old, and he's got 112 career rush attempts. You're talking about tread left on the tire? The exact opposite of Adrian Peterson. He's 11 years younger than Peterson. He looks more explosive. He was more efficient. Foreman's the guy you need to pay attention to. You need to stash. I think Royce Freeman also signed to the practice squad in Tennessee. Yuck, but um, he couldn't cut it in, in Carolina. I don't want him in Tennessee either. But Foreman's the guy. If you can't get McNichols, you paid a lot for McNichols, you want to stash another guy, Foreman's that guy. Again, 25 and a half years old. He is that dude. He is that dude. We thought he was a dude when he came out. And now if that opportunity spikes and he keeps looking more efficient, he's also wearing number seven. Single-digit running back. Let's go, baby. Line it up. Same as James Conner. It's time, though. The other day, listening to Waiver Wired, Podfather, talking about Michael Carter, talking about Ty Johnson, and he slanders me because he says Ty Johnson is a better player than Michael Carter. So if you listened last week, the plan was to be done talking about Michael Carter. We had a dance party. We ended it last week. 30-point game, he completely peaked out. I said that. I said he's probably peaking out right now. He's probably not going to hit 30, 35 again. This is the peak. Before the season, you go back. I said, I don't really love Michael Carter for Dynasty. The point of this whole thing is 2021, and you can go back and look at the tape on the Underworld Draft Kit. Michael Carter is going to be an RB2 in 2021. He's going to outscore Javante Williams in fantasy. 2021, I love him. Dynasty, not so much. What is Michael Carter doing? He's the RB20 on the season, and he's dominating opportunities. He's dominating shares. You can go look at the snap shares all you want. Week 7 after the bye, only 8 players in the NFL had a higher snap share at running back. Week 8, only 10 players did. 
You want to bring up yards per reception, Ty Johnson's third, Michael Carter's seventh. Michael Carter also has is twice the red zone touches. You can't use draft capital now because it benefits your priors on Ty Johnson. If you said before the season that fourth-round draft pick doesn't mean shit, Michael Carter, he wouldn't play. You know, if it's a fourth-round pick, that doesn't matter. They're going to play the better player. That's why Ty Johnson is going to get the opportunities. You can't say that. Well, at the same time, go back on your word and say that the reason Michael Carter still has a job is because he's a fourth-round pick. That is the definition of take luck. Going back on what you said, if you say he can't play because he's a fourth-round pick, come on. Come on. You have playerprofiler.com. You know Michael Carter was an exceptional collegiate back. He's more prolific than Javante Williams and as prolific as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The stats aren't going to show you that directly in the box score because he didn't go to LSU and he wasn't the number one guy. He was playing with a stud in Javante Williams, even though he still outplayed him. Sorry he doesn't break tackles against Miami, but he still outrushed him in that Miami game. It's a Bayesian process. You talk about this all the time. You brought that term to fantasy football. And now you're stuck in take lock because your donkey of a running back and Ty Johnson didn't hit. In week 10, he had 4.9 fantasy points. There's three minutes and 23 seconds left on the clock. The Jets are losing 45-23. And so who's on the sideline staying healthy? Michael freaking Carter. And who's on the field with three minutes and 23 seconds left on the clock in a blowout loss to the Indianapolis Colts on a short week in Thursday Night Football? Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson catches a 22-yard touchdown down the sideline and scores himself nine points. He had 4.9 points up to that point with three minutes left in the game, and he scores nine points on one play. Why? Because Michael Carter, who has a snap share of, let's look at it again. We've talked about it every single week, grown every single week up until this last week, 25, 44, 45, 48, 50, 74, goes down to 67% this week because they get blowout loss. This man runs this team. He is this backfield. He is this team. Miss me with this Ty Johnson shit. I've been saying this since the jump back in February. Ty Johnson is a Jag, was a Jag, has been a Jag. Best comparable to Kenyon Drake. He's got speed, no agility. He's got negative agility. And catch this. He got outproduced by Anthony McFarland at Maryland. One season, he had 16 receptions. One season, he has 16 receptions. You want to hear this one? Michael Carter, 11 receptions as a true freshman, 600 yards on the ground, back-to-back freshman, sophomore years, 1,000 yards on the ground, junior, senior years, with Javante Williams in the backfield. Javante Williams versus Anthony McFarlane, his backfield teammates, and Carter outplayed Javante while Ty Johnson got outplayed by McFarland. This Ty Johnson shit needs to end. He was getting outplayed by Tevin Coleman early in the season, and it'll be a freaking couple weeks before LaMichael Pirine is taking snaps away from Ty Johnson. Now, on past running backs, because we don't need to talk about that anymore. It's been Michael Carter's backfield. If you roll with undercovered ops, you know this. Elijah Moore, something we do agree on. 41 routes, 7 in the slot, 8 targets, 7 for 84. Jamison Crowder, 33 slot routes, seven targets, five of 56. The difference here, Crowder, 33 slot routes, Elijah Moore, seven. This is where I do agree with the Father. The best Z receiver that nobody talks about, Elijah Moore, owned in less than 30% of leagues on ESPN. Why are you not owning Elijah Moore? You should have drafted Elijah Moore. One of the most prolific football players in college the last three seasons that was not talked about because he went to Old Miss. And you're like, well, Ole Miss, they were good. 
You're right, they were good. And when you look at their collegiate resumes, he looked better than A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. And both A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf have vouched for Elijah Moore. And to think he's not going to hit, to think that Zach Wilson couldn't unlock Elijah Moore, and now Mike White is, should tell you all you need to know about Zach Wilson. Elijah Moore is that dude. He's going to be that dude. He's best comparable to Tyler Lockett on playerprofiler.com. Get it, learn it, know it today. Go get him. Go get him, period. Keelan Cole said a couple weeks ago he was out snapping Elijah Moore. That's going to end. Elijah Moore, 56 snaps. Keelan Cole, 23. Corey Davis is back this week. I'm not really worried. He's not playing that same role. That's more of a Denzel Mims thing. Mims, 29 routes on 46 snaps, five targets, one reception, 20 yards, and back on the COVID list. We're out. Let's go down to Miami. Miles Gaskin is officially back in that similar to Michael Carter role. He's the 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 bell call, the, the, the lead back in Miami. Yuck. It's him and Selvin Ahmed. 56 snaps for Gaskin, 11 for Selvin Ahmed. 20 carries for 34 yards against Houston. 11.7 fantasy points. Just ugly, ugly game. But six targets, six receptions on 23 yards on 30 routes run. That's big. I like that for Miles Gaskin. At receiver, it's Mac Hollins. It's Mike Gusecki. It's Jalen Waddle. Yes, I said receiver. Because Mike Gusecki, 25 slot routes out of 40 in the slot. Gusecki's going to stay being that dude. Four receptions, 54 yards on eight targets. Leading the team, tied with Jalen Waddle. Eight targets, eight for 83. Want to see Waddle take that next step as well. Where are these deep balls at? He's not catching any deep balls. He's got a reasonably low A dot. It's it's He should be having eight for 140, not eight for 83. This is a, a Jamison Crowder feel to it. It's, it's kind of gross. 19. Slot routes out of 39. The one guy that got opportunities this week that kind of surprised me, and he's actually creeping up on Albert Wilson for snaps and routes, is Kirk Merritt. Kirk Merritt, a few of you know, the hidden secret in Miami, six foot tall, 208 pounds, undrafted in 2020 out of Arkansas State. He's about to be 25 years old. Best comparable to Paris Campbell on playerprofiler.com. Kirk Merritt is a stud but he's very low-key. 4.38 40-yard dash, 94th percentile speed score, 99th percentile burst, 99th percentile catch radius. This dude gets opportunities. He's going to do something with them. Six snaps, five routes, three targets, one reception. It is what it is. We'll see what happens with Kirk Merritt, but that's a guy I'm still stashing. I have him in very few leagues, but it's in the taxi squad. I like Kirk Merritt. That athleticism jumps off the wall. Go to Denver. Tim Patrick, huge game. Jerry Judy, pretty huge game. He's kind of growing as he's getting healthier and healthier every week. I think Judy is still a buy. He's a second-year sophomore, obviously. He's been hurt a couple times. People, Some people are out on him. They're like, oh, he's getting back. He's going to stick. Now I can sell him. Well, if you're selling him, I'll buy him. You buy him. Let's buy him. Let's buy Jerry Judy. Great route runner. Focal point of this offense. Cortland Sutton, one for nine on two targets. Locked up in this game. Some people point to Trayvon Diggs. I just say Tim Patrick played better. Trayvon Diggs actually got burnt by Tim Patrick on a touchdown. He's gave up 63 yards this last game. Diggs is a little overrated. The picks are the the picks are nice. He's he's a boomer bust cornerback. That happens. At tight end, Elbert Kuibunum was the dude last week. 18 routes, eight in the slot, five targets, four for 25. We thought we were going to get more out of him. He had a knee injury going in. It bugged him throughout. And now Noah Fant is back. He was activated yesterday from the COVID list. We'll see. Again, running back, nothing's changing. Javante's just getting more and more efficient. 
and they just keep running the ball even more. This game was kind of odd against Dallas. Nobody expected a blowout for Denver, but it happened, and he went over 100 yards rushing. Zero targets for Javante because they won by a lot. Melvin Gordon, three targets, two receptions. Is what it is. I guess the interesting note from this one also, Kendall Hinton, 21 snaps. Yes, Kendall Hinton, the COVID quarterback from last year. Three routes, one reception, 40 yards. So I saw this one live. He kind of comes across on the on the crossing route, and and Bridgewater hits him. I was like, "Whoa, Kendall! Why is Kendall Hinton getting a forty yard reception?" He outplayed Cortland Sutton, so I mean, it's got to say something. San Francisco, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle—the three dudes are back. Also, Elijah Mitchell controlling this backfield completely. Eight carries, thirty six yards, twenty six routes run leads the backfield in comparison to Jamichael Hasty, sixteen routes. Kyle Juszczyk, fifteen routes. Five targets for Elijah Mitchell. That's the biggest takeaway, I think. Five five receptions and 43 yards. Hasty, another one. Hasty completely beats out Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon inactive for this game. Also big news, George Kittle's back. Eight targets, six receptions, 100 yards, 32 routes. Fully back into his role. I'm actually surprised. I picked him up for free on the waiver five weeks ago while he was out in the Warrior Bowl. The Warrior Bowl, somebody cut George Kittle. So now I have George Kittle. TJ Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts. So I'm pretty hyped about that. And then again, Brandon Ayuk. Ayukin. Brandon Ayuk is back officially. Six for 89 on eight targets. We said last, not last week, two weeks ago, hold Ayuk, hold Ayuk, trade for Ayuk. And there he is. Six receptions, 89 yards, 15 fantasy points, just like we like to see. Another deep one. So the last three teams, Kirk Merritt, Kendall Hinton, these deep opportunities. Juwan Johnson, five snaps, four routes, no targets, no receptions, but he's getting opportunities. It's Debo Samuel, it's Brandon Ayuk, Mohamed Sanu, Juwan Jennings is operating as the number four receiver in this offense. Granted, it's only five snaps. It's still, he's still running routes. He's still out there, and that's what you want to see. He's that big prototypical X that they really don't have. Ayuk's on one side. Samuel runs a lot in the slot. 11 slot routes for Samuel, 10 for Ayuk, 8 for Kittle. But the Juwan Jennings thing is that big X. Hopefully they can run four wide. He can eventually be that guy that they put out there, the big-bodied dude that can take up some opportunities. Go to New England. New England's been in the news quite a bit lately, actually, as well. It's New England. It's Green Bay. Right before I jumped on here, there was some news that broke that said officially Odell's between an AFC team and an NFC team. One has to think that AFC team is either the Chiefs or New England, and the NFC team is obviously Green Bay. Both New England and Green Bay have been heavily recruiting Odell, I guess you could say. Belichick really wants him, and Rodgers and Adams really want him. So we'll see where he goes. But I think that throws a big wrench into this receiving room. Obviously, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. None of them have been overly fantasy viable, but Hunter Henry, three targets, two receptions, 19 yards, 10 routes. Very weird game. At running back, though, Ramondre Stevenson, seven routes. Damon Harris, four. Brandon Bolden, six. Two targets for Bolden, two for Stevenson, one for Harris. Today, Stevenson and Harris both have concussions, missed practice. I think this puts Brandon Bolden fully into the James White role. James White was a league winner a few seasons back. You remember this? I think this put Brandon Bolden right into that role. I'm not saying he's going to be a league winner, but I'm just saying the opportunities this week, next week potentially, until Harris, Stevenson are fully back. 10 carries, 62 for Stevenson, 15 for 30 for Harris, and 8 for 54 for Brandon Bolden. Definitely a viable guy to add if you need those opportunities. Again, don't go after Jordan Howard. Don't go after um, Devonta Freeman. Go get some Mark Ingram. Go get some Brandon Bolden. Take advantage of these midweek injuries. 
to play instead of Jordan Howard and Devonta Freeman. Another team I really hate to talk about is Jacksonville because we've said it week after week after week. Why are we not focusing on LaVisca, Chenault, more and more? Even Marvin Jones, he hasn't had that big boom game that he usually has, that three-touchdown game that we're accustomed to Marvin Jones just popping off the screen and having. Marvin Jones leads the team in snaps. LaVisca Chenault second, Carlos Hyde third. Routes run, Marvin Jones 26, LaVisca 24, Dan Arnold 23. Slot routes, 10 for Marvin Jones, 11 for Jamal Agnew, the top slot guy in this offense, 50%. Slot rate, seven targets for Dan Arnold, leads the team again, four for 60 in the air. A very viable tight end I've come around to the last few weeks is Dan Arnold. Um, I don't love playing him, but he just gets the job done. That's the... The, the, you have to play, guys, and just get the job, get the job done. LaVisca Chenault, four receptions, 39 yards on four targets. Jamal Agnew, three receptions, 27 yards, five targets. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jamal Agnew just keeps getting targeted, keeps getting the opportunities. It's pretty pukey. Other receivers in this offense, Laquan Treadwell was in for 14 snaps. He ran seven routes. He had one target. Laquan Treadwell, even why? What are we doing here? Why is Tavon Austin on the field five snaps? Why is Laquan Treadwell getting a target? Why? Why is Jamal Agnew? Why are we not taking advantage? Is LaVisca Chenault must suck. He must just be terrible if Trevor Lawrence isn't throwing the ball. Why is Trevor Lawrence not focusing on Marvin Jones LaVisca? Why is it seven targets for Dan Arnold, five for Jamal Agnew? Why? I just want answers, Urban Meyer. I just want answers. That's it. Give me some answers. James Robinson should be back this week, so probably halt down on the Carlos Hyde action. 21 rushing attempts, 52 yards. So if Robinson doesn't go, Carlos Hyde obviously very viable from an opportunity standpoint. Dar Gumbawale hasn't done a damn thing as a backup. One carry last week for six yards. Yeah, are we going to talk about Trevor Lawrence looking like a bust in the chat? Yeah, I love the bust talk here. Treadwell, biggest bust ever. Trevor Lawrence looking like a bust. Yeah, man. I mean, if you were on uh, patreon.com forward slash Carpenter NFL, you would know we had Justin Fields number one, not Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is bad, but Justin Fields looked like number one quarterback last week, didn't he? Speaking of a team that needs a Justin Fields and passed on Justin Fields, Carolina. Robbie Anderson, 31 more routes, two more targets, one reception, two yards. Absolutely brutal from a Robbie Anderson standpoint. I brought up the stats this last week. His 16-game pace for Robbie Anderson, 36 receptions, 100 targets, 408 receiving yards, four touchdowns. That equates on a 16-game pace, not 17, 16-game pace. That's 100.8 fantasy points on the season with 100 targets. That's one fantasy point per target, essentially, on the season. Cooper Cup had that. He had 102.6 fantasy points in week one to week four this season. And that's Robbie Anderson's 16-game pace with 100 targets. The next closest comparable as far as the season goes, I looked up over 60 targets, under 500 yards, under 4 yards per target, one player. And he didn't even come close in the target range. Again, Robbie Anderson, 100-target pace. I looked this up. 100 targets and, and 400 yards, 36 receptions. John Ross, 2018, had 58 targets, 21 receptions, and 210 yards. He is having one of the worst seasons ever, ever. 36 receptions, 100 targets, 408 receiving yards. He is the worst receiver in football. But he gets an opportunity this week and next week probably to bounce back with 
his collegiate quarterback at Temple 2015, the quarterback, PJ Walker, the head coach, Matt Rule, the leading wide receiver, Robbie Anderson. 2016, the head coach, Matt Rule, the quarterback, PJ Walker, and the number two receiver on the team, Keith Kirkwood. Keith Kirkwood also Carolina Panthers. But Keith Kirkwood got opportunities a couple weeks ago. Terrace Marshall is now back. Terrace Marshall, 17 routes, seven in the slot, one target. Terrace is not looking like himself. You go over, check out Nate Liss on Patreon. He dropped an article this week. I think it's patreon.com forward slash I'm outraged. Shameless plug. Terrace Marshall's a buy right now. You should be buying Terrace Marshall these opportunities. The quarterback situation can only get better. Imagine if Justin Fields was here right now. Just imagine. 31 routes for Robbie Anderson, two targets. DJ Moore, 25 routes, six targets. I guess the PJ Walker news scares me the most for DJ Moore. You know, what is left for DJ Moore? The connection is going to be there with Walker and Anderson, Walker and Kirkwood. Walker can also run the ball four, 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 five carries when he's playing the XFL. He will run the ball, got that Konami aspect. At running back, Christian McCaffrey is almost fully back into that role. 14 carries, five targets, four for 54. Surprising one we talked about last week, Amir Abdullah. He comes in five targets again for four receptions and 30 yards. Amir Abdullah, I don't really know what they're going to do. Maybe this is going to be a Chuba is going to get a couple carries a game. He had three carries for six yards, two targets. They have Christian McCaffrey in the kind of the 60% role. He gets the majority of the work. Chuba gets a couple carries and Amir gets a couple receptions. Maybe that's going to be the, the way they keep McCaffrey healthy. Love to see that. At tight end, though, we've been talking about Tommy Tremble versus Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas has been out snapping him all season. And now this week, 35 snaps to 35 snaps. 17 routes for Tremble. For the first time this year, he's out route ran him. 17 routes for Tremble, 13 for Ian Thomas. Two targets for Tremble, one for Ian Thomas. They both had one reception, six yards, one reception, nine yards. Nice. Tommy Tremble, start thinking about getting him if you can get him. Poke at some guys. Hey, you want a fourth-round pick? Hey, here's a fourth-round pick. The 2022 class isn't loaded. Throw a fourth-round pick out for Tommy Tremble. Stash him for a little bit. I think Tremble's going to be that dude once his offense takes that offense takes that next step. I really like that. Go to Arizona. Konami, Colt McCoy, seven rushing attempts, 23 yards. He, he looks okay. I mean, hopefully Kyler comes back. He didn't practice today. Chase Edmonds, one carry, goes down with a high ankle hook. Oh, I really, it felt like Chase Edmonds was right there. He was right there. He's about to take that next step. He just, it didn't happen. So that's sad. Christian Kirk, big game. Hopkins was out. Eight slot routes, 31 total routes, six targets, six for 91. Looked very good. The takeaway here is Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin, Matt talked about him on the waiver wire pod. Eno Benjamin's going to get opportunities. 87th percentile burst score, best comparable to Duke Johnson. Prolific at Arizona State. He was a Debbie guy, and he just kind of fell off. 5'9", 207 pounds. He's an incredible player. He didn't test out the best 4'5", 7'40", dash. Not the best. 40th percentile speed score. Meh. But James Conner, what do we know he can't do? He can't take on that lion's share for too long. He's gotten hurt year after year after year. James Conner played phenomenal. I'm not taking anything away from that. I hope James Conner continues to do this. I hope he finishes in the top 10. Five receptions on five targets for 77 yards, 21 carries for 96 on the ground. Hell of a game. But you got to have 
the backup. Eno Benjamin, prolific in college, prolific in Arizona State. Now he's at Arizona. Just be careful. Just watch for him. Just like the Christian Kirk thing, though, Rondell Moore, five targets, five for 21, low eight at work, 17 slot routes. He's that dude. The boom is coming on Rondell Moore. We saw a little glimpse of it early in the season against the Vikings. It's going to come around. It's going to course correct. Rondell Moore is going to boom out. Kansas City, and then we'll finish it out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kansas City, Josh Gordon again, nothing there. Nine routes, one target, nothing. Daryl Williams, 19 rush attempts, 60 yards, four targets, three receptions. Again, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, season high, four targets. He's never had 19 carries this season. Daryl Williams getting the lion's share. Will Clyde Edwards-Hilaire do it when he gets back? Probably not. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was activated today, and he will be back for week 10 most likely. 16 slot routes for Travis Kelsey, 14 for McCole Hardman. Hardman, six targets, three receptions, 20 yards. Very underwhelming. Also at running back, Jarek McKinnon, three targets, three receptions, 26 yards on 14 routes, but no rush attempts. Jarek McKinnon's getting work. How will they split this up with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire when he gets back? Is Daryl still going to get five, six, seven carries? Is Clyde going to get the passing work? Is Clyde going to get all seven of these backfield targets? Three for McKinnon. Four for Darrell Williams. Will Clyde get all seven? Will Clyde even get a single one? We'll see. I don't really care. I don't really like Clyde. I don't think he's very good. Hashtag Michael Carter over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Let's finish up in Pittsburgh. Big game. They came back. They beat the Bears. They almost blew it. And then they came back and beat the Bears. Deontay Johnson, six targets. Pat Fryermuth, six targets. Chase Claypool, five targets. He goes down with a toe injury. Was thought to be possibly season-ending. Came back negative. He looks good. He's going to be back in week-to-week. Week-to-week. We'll see what happens week-to-week, day-to-day. I'm not sure if he plays um, this next week, but Fryermuth, 5 for 43 and two touchdowns. We smashed that over this last week at 29.5 receiving yards. And if they give it to us again this week under 35, 36, 37, we're going to hit it again, especially with Claypool out. It's Deontay, it's Fryermuth, and it's Najee Harris. Against the Detroit Lions, big Najee week coming up again. 22 attempts, 53 on the ground for Najee in this game against the Strong Bears defensive front. The leading slot receiver in this game, James Washington. Did you expect that one? One reception for 42 yards. Obviously late in the game, the James Washington ball. That that one that Ben threw up to James Washington was one of question. When we saw him kind of pull back, take seven crow hops up, and then launch this ball that instead of being a moon ball like Russ or a dart like Patrick Mahomes, this ball kind of just fluttered. And I was like, oh, where's that ball going? And you saw Deontay running down the the sideline, and then you saw James Washington run down and then turn and come back. And I was like, where's that ball? That's not That ball's not going to make it to the end zone for Deontay. And then James Washington comes back and makes a dive back towards the line of scrimmage, 30 yards, 40 yards down the field, and catches it. That just tells you how diminished Ben Roethlisberger's arm is. That ball went 42 yards, and James Washington caught it. <sighs> Yikes, man. That that ball right there showed me all I need to know about Ben Roethlisberger. I'm, I'm good on that. But the number one thing, like I said already, Pat Fryermuth, 5 for 43, two touchdowns. Could have had a dance party tonight. Had to readdress the Michael Carter stuff. If you don't have Fryermuth, I saw a trade that involved Mike Gusecki, a second-round pick for Pat Fryermuth. 
If you don't have Fryermuth yet, I'm telling you, it's too damn late. And if you don't have him and you need somebody in your room, if you can't get the Muth, the Fryermuth, if you can't get him, get Adam Troutman. He's a sure enough thing. The only difference between Troutman and Pat Fryermuth, touchdowns. Go get yourself some Adam Troutman and have yourself a damn good week number 10. In week 10, he had 4.9 fantasy points. There's three minutes and 23 seconds left on the clock. The Jets are losing 45-23. And so who's on the sideline staying healthy? Michael freaking Carter. And who's on the field with three minutes and 23 seconds left on the clock in a blowout loss to the Indianapolis Colts on a short week in Thursday Night Football? Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson catches a 22-yard touchdown down the sideline and scores himself nine points. He had 4.9 points up to that point with three minutes left in the game. And he scores nine points on one play. Why? Ty Johnson is a Jag, was a Jag, has been a Jag. Best comparable to Kenyon Drake. He's got speed, no agility. He's got negative agility. And catch this. He got outproduced by Anthony McFarland at Maryland. You can't use draft capital now because it benefits your priors on Ty Johnson. It's a Bayesian process. You talk about this all the time. You brought that term to fantasy football. And now you're stuck in take lock because your donkey of a running back and Ty Johnson didn't hit. 